0: George
1: Rodriguez. Howdy, howdy, howdy once again, my friends. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer, brought to you by Border Hawk News the news that tells you anything and everything about what's going on in the international and national scene of of immigration. So welcome to the show, my friends, on this beautiful Saturday, and I'm saying that with all sincerity, this beautiful Saturday, February 20th, because this past week has been incredible. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. Uh, I can laugh at it now because, uh, well, because I've got heat. But uh, on Monday and Tuesday, my friends, I, my house... My house was literally 40 degrees inside. It was at 40 degrees because, well, because I had no power. Uh, I lost power sometime late in the evening on uh, on Sunday. Came on sporadically, and I mean sporadically for about oh five ten minutes uh, at a time. Uh, but it was out for five six. Hours at a time, which uh, it, it clearly, clearly was no, n- not enough time to uh, to warm the house. So uh, it was incredible. I mean, it was incredible. You know, I had some neighbors tell me that you know they were afraid of losing since they lost power. They were initially afraid of losing uh, food from the freezer. Well, they didn't have to do that. All they had to do was put it outside, <laughs> and uh, and the and the, and the food remained frozen. I mean, it was incredible. I mean, we had. Um, uh, Monday morning, when I got up to take the dog for a walk in the and the ice and the snow, um, it was 14 degrees. It was 14 degrees, and uh, we uh, I mean it was it, you know it, to say that the uh, energy companies to say that the uh, energy commission ERCOC, ERCOT rather of uh, of Texas was uh, not prepared is to do an under, is to is, is an understatement. You know, they did not. They have not diversified, and they're still. And most of them are still not talking about diversifying or having a backup plan. I mean, uh, here in San Antonio, that they admitted that the uh, the uh, city public service board, the energy company, admitted they did not. They had never prepared for anything like this. Well, you know, uh, I was always taught that you prepare for the worst and you pray for the best. So, uh, you know, I'm not sure. At any rate, uh, we're back. Uh, we have power. We have heat. Uh, I, I'm I'm not sure exactly what uh, where we're going to be headed down the road because we've got a lot of a lot of green people, a lot of uh, radical environmentalists that absolutely do not want do not want any uh, uh, carbon fuels to be utilized. They want zero carbon fuels, and I'm I'm sorry. I my opinion is that we've got to, we've got to have carbon fuels at least as a backup. So, uh, welcome to the show, my friends. We've got a great lineup for you, as usual. Um, we've got Congressman Chip Roy from the 21st District of, uh, of Texas. He's going to be chatting a little bit about uh, the response, the federal response, and uh, his office's coordination with this whole situation of the, of the um, uh, energy breakdown, the grid breakdown. But he's also going to be chatting about uh, the uh, immigration bill that was proposed by Biden. Uh, I mean, what's been happening, my friends, is that in Washington, Biden has both restricted and limited immigration law enforcement, uh, as well as now he is uh, proposing a broad amnesty, a broad amnesty for all of these illegal aliens. So what what, what is going to happen, my friends, is that we're going to reward illegal immigration. Uh, We also have... uh, Mr. Todd Benzman from the Center for Immigration Studies. He's going to be be telling us about what's going on at the border right now. Uh, We have Marianne Mendoza, who is an angel mom. Uh, She uh, lost her son. Her son was killed by an illegal alien uh, in Mesa, Arizona. And we've got our good buddy, uh, Sheriff uh, A.J. Lauderback, talking about uh, the challenges that uh, sheriffs uh, who are sworn, constitutionally sworn to uh, keep uh, the, uh, to uh, obey the laws, uh, their challenges with illegal aliens in their backyard. So uh, it's a great lineup, my friends. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I hope that uh, that you're uh, all uh, doing well, that you're staying warm. I hope that we uh uh, don't have another episode like this uh, either in the summer or in the winter again. But uh, welcome to our program, my friends. This is George Rodriguez El Conservador talking to you on KLUP nine thirty a.m. radio. Here is our first guest, Congressman Chip Roy. Howdy, 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 friends. My George Rodriguez El Conservador talking to you on KLUP nine thirty a.m. radio. The answer. And uh, we've got uh, a a regular guest, I'm very proud to say, my congressman, Chip Roy from the uh, 21st District of Texas. And uh, we wanted to get him on, particularly since we've had all of this uh, emergency weather that has happened this past week. Uh, get him on and uh, chat with him a little bit about it, and uh, as, as well as uh, the issues of immigration of what's been going on. Congressman, thank you very much for taking time to, uh, to be with us today. Um, tell us about uh, the, uh, the weather response, or the response that uh, you've been seeing or that you've uh, helped with.
0: Well, George, first of all, thanks for having me on. Uh, second of all, obviously, to all your listeners, predominantly in the area in Texas, impacted heavily by this, by this uh, winter storm uh, we've been working hard trying to make sure everybody's got what they need in terms of power and water. Obviously, not particularly a core federal function, but uh, we're trying to work hard as an office to help coordinate. We had a coordinated call with state, federal, and local officials in San Antonio yesterday. We did one today uh, for Blanco, uh, Hayes, and Comal County. We're doing one this afternoon for Gillespie, Kerr, uh, Real, Bandera. Uh, trying to make sure we're just finding where the needs are and trying to address them, and then we're pushing on. The, um, you know, TDM, the Texas Department of Emergency Management, as well as FEMA, pushing for an a, a emergency declaration. We, of course, need to do that. It's like Texas got hit by a hurricane across the whole state, right? I mean, it's, it's that kind of a situation, a once in a lifetime, or a certainly once in a generation kind of, kind of event, uh, in terms of the temperatures we saw. Good news is power's coming back up for the most part. Uh, water's gonna start moving with the thawing, but now we're gonna have to deal with all the pipe and plumbing damage and making sure our water quality is up. And we need to get oil and gas moving. right? got to get these roads cleared, and get gas moving, and make sure that they're doing what they need to do. But we're we're all working and trying to coordinate to get there.
1: Let me let me let me make this comment and then ask you for uh, for your reaction. Uh, uh, our good friend uh, Ocasio Cortez, the congresswoman from New York, uh, blamed everything blamed the uh, the whole uh, grid failure on our lack of dependence on green energy. Now, I am not sure where she got that. Uh, because it seems like our our, our uh, problem was that we didn't have a backup, uh, which was uh, more uh, f- fossil fuel energy.
0: Well, you know, uh, look—you like never uh, surprised by what uh, my colleague from New York has to say on a matter. Whatever she says, just think and do the opposite, and you'll be in a pretty good spot. But <laughs> um, you know, look, uh, there's going to be a lot of wailing and gnashing of teeth on all of this, and, and look, there should be because of uh, here in Texas locally we shouldn't be in this situation where we've got all these abundant energy resources and we ended up with the inability to provide power that's obviously a failure now that failure though isn't because we have market driven uh of generation and capacity in our grid it isn't because we have a grid for Texas. that has been providing very low cost abundant available energy uh from diverse resources for, for you know a decade plus uh we've had a very strong grid um What we need to do is revisit what exactly occurred and address it. Too often, people want to make something out of, like, some sort of wholesale change. Number one, I don't want BERT and the federal government coming into Texas, period. End of story. Number two, I don't want to hear how they do it in New York or Montana or California. I don't care. We've got a very strong grid historically and typically that delivers low-cost available energy. Number three, uh, we do need to review what happened in Texas uh, because it was uh, a a mistake. that should never have occurred, and people need to be held accountable. There were policy choices along the way, as long as some management issues that led to what we dealt with. And we'll have some hearings on that. We'll review it. But the bottom line is, you can't have 23% of your grid be wind and then have it freeze up. And have 52% of your grid be natural gas, knowing that natural gas, when you have really freezing, sub-freezing temperatures, can have flow issues. You need to make sure you've got enough diversity and enough capacity to deal with the market when you get hammered at the kind of levels that we'll get. Uh, when you have the kind of freezing conditions we had, so we need to address that, review it, but we don't need a wholesale, you know, throwing out uh, of our system. We need to we need to uh, reform our system to make sure we avoid this kind of situation in the future.
1: You got it. Uh, let me let me change uh, gears a little bit here because last night there was a uh, situation where um, a uh, trailer truck full of, uh, of uh, undocumented illegal aliens uh, was stopped, and uh, apparently. Uh, 50 were captured and over two, and, and uh, over 150 have not been accounted for. Um, we probably are going to be seeing this a whole lot more as people are trying to get across before uh, there is an amnesty. Uh, can you tell us anything about uh, the immigration uh, bills or the immigration uh, situation and uh, the, the laws in, in uh, uh, how the administration is approaching immigration issues in, in Washington at this point?
0: Yeah, sure. I mean, look, let's be very clear. Uh, The Biden administration uh, is looking to score political points with its leftist base and does not care a whit about your security, security of this country, or the security, let me be clear, of the immigrants who seek to come here who are being abused by cartels, who are being empowered by a cowardly administration who wants to kowtow to its leftist extremists in favor of open borders, not securing the border, and now blanket amnesty. The refusal by Biden to enforce the laws of the United States is a blatant violation of its constitutional duty to do so. And it imperils the lives of immigrants and Americans. And it empowers cartels for further endangerment at our border. Uh, Now, he puts forward, or works with Democrats in the Senate to put forward, a clear, massive amnesty bill that would not just provide amnesty for millions of people who came here illegally and create incentives for millions more to come, as you point out in this truck, the number of people that are now coming by caravan to come to America, but also an amnesty for people who were deported under the Trump administration. So the president uses uh, the powers that are uh, that he's supposed to use to defend the United States and our borders to ex- deport people who come here illegally, and now Biden wants to give them a pathway to citizenship. It's extraordinary. The bill that they put forward is garbage. The uh, extent to which he's ignoring his duty to uh, protect the borders of the United States is, um, frankly, just unfathomable and unconscionable that he would ignore his duty to defend the Constitution. That's what's occurring. We're fighting it every way we know how. Uh, but you know, at this point, it's a thin line in the Senate that we got to hold and just you know keep beating this back for the next two years. And we better take the Senate and the House back.
1: Yeah, the uh, there was a sheriff on on my radio show last week that said that uh, we have a de facto. Uh, we have, by de facto, uh, defunded uh, and abolished uh, immigration uh, law enforcement. Uh, yeah,
0: no, that's, that's exactly right. And, and those guys know the truth. Uh, you know, I, I led a letter signed by 50 of my colleagues uh, to the president asking for a full briefing from DHS secretary about what they are doing with these executive orders, refusing to uh, maintain the return to Mexico policy that President Trump initiated. Refusing to continue to build the fence that President Trump initiated, refusing to use the Title 42 policies, which is the health code policies, allowing us to hold the line during the pandemic, which President Trump and his administration initiated. And uh, now we have 3,500 people a day, 100,000 people a month, caravans coming up to Guatemala, Honduras, El Salvador through Mexico. We're now no longer doing the things we need to do to secure the border. We're pulling resources away from ICE. We're telling ICE not to remove people, even if they've got DUIs or violent arrests. And we're basically turning DHS into a catch-and-release organization uh, to, you know, deliver people directly to liberal uh, NGOs to uh, turn them into a passive citizenship on top of a passive citizenship for 10 to 15 to 20 million people who have come here illegally. It's unconscionable. It's endangering Americans' lives and immigrants' lives. That's an important part, George. You know, as a Christian, I care much about the people who seek to come here. And when, when a president like Biden sends up a big signal saying, come on in, and then they're getting abused by cartels, and then they're being whipsawed by policy. That's that's wrong, and, and, and it's irresponsible of the president to do that.
1: You got it, Congressman. Thank you very, very much for taking time to be with us as usual. Anything else that you'd like to add to us before before you leave?
0: Just all your listeners, just be safe, be smart. Uh, make sure that you're you know still conserve water. A lot of people don't have water. Uh, use water sparingly uh, until we get everybody up fully functional. Help your neighbor. Somebody needs uh, you know help getting them water. Do so. There's still a lot of people out there hurting. Uh, that's what Texans do. We don't need a big government solution. We just need to get back in our saddle and, and uh, fix what needs to be fixed with ERCOT and the grid and, and get back to going.
1: You got it. Thank you very, very much, Congressman. We've been speaking with uh, Congressman Chip Roy from the uh, 21st District of, uh, of Texas. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer. Go to borderhawk.news. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer. And we've got our good friend uh, Todd Benzman from the uh, Center for Immigration Studies. And uh, we wanted to reach out to him today because uh, he has written a, uh, a very interesting article uh, regarding the uh, massing of uh, people uh, on the Mexican side of the border, uh, and it looks like you know they're going to be coming across at any given time. Uh, I'm not sure uh, how we're going to stop them or if we're going to stop them. <clears throat> Biden has uh, told the um, has told the border patrol that uh, you know that we have a new policy of catch and release, as well as the Im- the amount of uh, human uh, smuggling has uh, had an uptick, a dramatic uptick on on Thursday night here in San Antonio, a truck, a trailer truck with about 200 uh, illegal aliens was uh, stopped, and all of them except for fifty escaped. So heaven knows what kind of diseases they were carrying or whether or not they're criminals or even terrorists. but um, about hundred and fifty illegal aliens uh, got loose uh, on Thursday night. So, um, Todd, tell us about this news item that you, uh, this article that you wrote. What is happening on the uh, Mexican side of the border?
2: Sure. Well, first of all, I really appreciate you having me on, uh, George. And, um, yeah, so what's going on in uh, northern Mexico is that we are seeing uh, masses of migrants traveling to northern border cities and towns from Texas to California, hopped up on adrenaline from the promises of an open border by the biden administration and all that he's been doing in his first weeks in office uh the caravans that used to be a uh, vehicle of choice the mass caravans have effectively been stopped because the biden administration has secretly cut a deal with the mexican government Continue breaking those up like, the, uh, like they did under the Trump administration. So what we're seeing now in Mexican media reporting is that they're coming in small smuggler-led groups, family units, two or three family units at a time, and they're showing up in significant enough numbers that they're overwhelming migrant shelters in Tijuana, Reynosa, Piedras, Negras, Acuna, uh, all up and down the border that there's not even room for them, Uh, they're having to turn them away. And in the meantime, we're also seeing large numbers of them just crash the border, just swarm right over, uh, past border patrol who are, uh, you know, a couple of guys every half a mile or something like that. Sometimes they uh, go right next to them and just keep running. And so, uh, we're seeing maybe uh, seventy. Last in January, we had about seventy-three thousand apprehended ones or encountered ones at the at the border just in in the month of uh, January, which is a crisis level number. I think that we're going to start seeing that number go uh, far higher to a uh, hundred thousand, maybe in February, and then beyond in March. And that's not counting the ones that are getting away. Uh, There there was a a border patrol agent that I interviewed yesterday, and he's in my story, who is in the Rio, I'm sorry, the uh, Big Bend area of Texas, who told me they are bomb washing the border, probably three quarters are getting away. Uh, Vehicles are showing up, big trucks on the other side, jammed with migrants. They let them out and just say go, and they just run right through, and nobody can stop them. And this is happening every day, down there, so there are a great number who are not being apprehended or counted in that seventy thousand. Uh, so I just, I'll stop there for a minute. There's just a lot going on down
1: there. It just is incredible, you know that uh, <clears throat> this this non policy of having of of uh, you know stop uh, enforcing immigration law is going on. Uh, I was also reading where a woman that had been in a um, uh, in a church yesterday. Uh, finally came out because she knows that she's not going to be deported anymore. Um, You know, where are we going at this point? I mean, is it a de facto open border? It is. It's an open border. Uh, There is
3: some semblance of a, uh, you know, a facade that we're
2: returning migrants under Title 42, the immediate expulsion, and that we've got asylum seekers on the other side who will be controlled, metered in small groups over the border, but that doesn't take into account a lot of other stuff that's happening down there, such as the description I just gave you from the Border Patrol agent out in uh, the Bend area. So, or the catch and release that, that has been happening episodically in Del Rio and in the RGB, the Rio Grande Valley, where, you know, large groups of, you know, 100 migrants will cross over and there's nowhere to put them, they can't really process them back over or decide not to, so they take him to the Greyhound bus station and they just, you know, drive to different cities untested for COVID, I might add. Uh so really the, the gotaways is kind of a key number. The ones that get through that nobody uh is able to count. Uh that's gonna be a very, very big number I, I fear.
1: And 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 this bill that was proposed yesterday by Biden uh for amnesty now, they claimed that it was going to be for 10, for 10, and a half million, maybe 11 million, but um, it'll probably cover all of these people that are coming across, not to mention the kids under DACA and uh, family reunification. I mean, this is incredible. This is just, this is an invasion that we, that's happening right before our eyes and uh, and and the media seems to be complicit uh, by, by not saying much about it.
2: Right, well there's a lot to uh, chew on there uh, for one thing the Godaways the people that are you know streaming through and running from border patrol and successfully getting access to the interior the biden bill that was just proposed talks about january 1 2021 as the cutoff date for you know a, a qualifying for for the amnesty at some point well you know all of those people will just you know, say, hey, I came in on December 23rd. Exactly, exactly. How are you going to prove otherwise? Right. I mean, what are you going to do? How are you going to prove that? And the other thing is that, you know, DACA and the amnesty bill that was just put forward provides for a three-year and a, a three fast-tracking of citizenship for as many as 4 million people, illegals, that are here within know three or four years the rest of them are on an eight-year plan but if you're DACA or some uh, TPS to temporary protected status that lasted 20 years kept getting renewed for 20 years because nobody wants to say it's over uh, those people are going to become voters in time for Kamala Harris to run for office in in the next national cycle Uh, those are you know real uh, you know people who, who will very likely be, uh, you know, piecemealed into law very shortly. The whole bill may or may not uh, make it through, but what they're going to do is probably piecemeal it out. And that particular one is their highest priority one. Yeah, You'll right. See 4 million farm workers and DACA students and TPS people become citizens in time for the next election.
1: Yep, that's right. Uh, We need to to close up, but uh, what 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 final thoughts can you give us? Uh, And tell folks and tell us how how people can follow you. I didn't really get a chance to mention that Panama
2: and uh, Costa Rica have opened their borders, that behind which, uh, for pandemic, behind which there were literally thousands of migrants from all over the world, to include the Middle East, Pakistan, Afghanistan, Somalia all of those uh, terror countries. And those people are now in Mexico coursing through. And there's media reporting saying that they are just swapping the shelters in southern Mexico on their way to the U.S. border. And those are called extracontinental migrants. I write about those extensively in my new book, America's Covert Border War, and what uh, the United States has been doing about that. But people need to remember that there are a lot of other kinds of operators in the mix of a mass migration that increase the national security threat. Uh, once you have collapsed border control systems uh, along you know, Texas and Arizona and California, that those people are coming in too. And usually they show up without any form of identification and not a whole lot of way to, ways to vet them too. So um, you can get my book on Amazon, America's Covert Border War, or anywhere the books are sold online. And also, my writings, you can find those at toddbensmith.com, toddbensmith.com, or cis.org, which is uh, the
1: center. You've got it. Todd, thank you very, very much for taking time to be with us today. Once again, Todd Bensman from the Center for Immigration Studies. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. <music> Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio. And we've got uh, one of our good friends, Miss Marianne Mendoza, all the way from Mesa, Arizona. I reached out to her because she is uh, one of the angel moms, one of the individuals that uh, has lost a loved one to uh, a, uh, a, a... an illegal alien here in town in, in the United States and I wanted her to tell us uh, first of all about her tragedy but also what she thinks of all of the changes that the Biden Harris administration is, is affecting at this time so Marianne welcome to the show thank you for taking time to be with us tell us first thank of all about me. yeah tell us first of all about your your tragedy and then uh, let's talk a little bit about what you see that's happening with the new administration
3: all right um my son sergeant brandon mendoza with the mesa arizona police department was on his way home the early morning hours of may 12 2014 for work and a repeat illegal alien criminal who had been allowed to stay in our country um after appearing before a judge just given a slap on the wrist for crimes he committed um He drove over 35 miles the wrong way on four different freeways, high on meth, three times the legal limit drunk, and slammed head-on into my son going over 100 miles an hour. And that day was the most tragic day in my life, obviously losing one of my children. And it was also the biggest wake-up call that I've ever gotten as to things that are happening in our country. And, you know, my son was a very integral part of the community. He um, was a huge champion for children. He worked over at the Boys and Girls Club on duty. The neighborhood that he was assigned to had a park in the middle of it that was just taken over by drug dealers and criminals and homeless people. The community, you know, in that area couldn't even use that park. And so he went in and single-handedly started working, you know, went door-to-door, door, met everybody, and a lot of people in that neighborhood um, are illegals, um, but he worked very, very hard to get the drug dealers out of there. The park is absolutely beautiful now. You drive by there, and families are picnicking, children are playing basketball, and there is now a baseball field in the middle of the park, renamed Mendoza Field, in honor of my son and the work that he did.
1: Wow. Wow. And, uh, you know, the situation with repeat offenders, that's really, really critical that people understand that there are many, many illegal aliens that are picked up and released, uh, you know, for all sorts of crimes. Uh, and, um, you know, they're, they're back on the street and they're repeat offenders, not to mention that they and some of them are, re- are deported and then they cross back again. So, uh, given this type of scenario, what do you think of the changes that um, the new Biden administration is affecting uh, regarding border security and and immigration? It's
3: it's absolutely devastating what he's doing, and um, it just goes to show there's not much thought being put into what he's doing, the ramifications, the long-term effects this is going to have on American safety. And... um, You know, it's just a campaign promise he made to undo all of the the Trump immigration things that he had done, and it's you know, first of all, one of the biggest things that happened a few weeks ago was I know there was people in the Cowan, Texas, you know. Uh, raising the red flag that they were seeing busloads of these illegals being brought to the bus stations and being transported to the interior of the United States. And then it was found out that these people weren't being COVID tested. You know, and you've got an administration right now that was so um, negative about, you know, what Trump had been doing with, with COVID response. And yet here he is, you know, allowing these illegals to be Us to the interior of the United States without COVID testing. How far is it spreading with these people now? What is he doing to the safety and the health of American citizens, you know, just with that little act? And now I know they're going to be bringing 25,000 of them who have been in the MPP camps, the Remain in Mexico uh, policy. 25,000 of them will be brought over. They claim all 25,000 of them will be COVID tested. Mm, I have my doubts about that. But they will be allowed to come into the interior of the United States to await their asylum hearings. Our asylum courts are backed up three years. And so these people will become the wards of American taxpayers now. And this is this is the type of information that I'm trying to, you know, make my American fellow American citizens aware of. We are a ATM for the lawmakers and for this administration to where, you know, this ATM is going to be running out of money pretty soon. And uh, they're doing nothing but putting us further in debt. And now what do we have the U.S. Citizenship Act of 2021 coming through, you know, from the Biden administration, claiming that there's 11 million people in this country that, that he's going to be offering this to where it's more. Probably 23 to 28 million people who are living here. They're using figures from 2009. Um, And with everything that, that the Biden administration has in this act, chain migration will probably up those figures, probably closer to 32 to 35 million people that this act will cover. And this isn't an executive order. You know, like Trump is doing that Biden's undoing and Biden's doing that the next person could undo. This is going to Congress and this will become law because that's where immigration laws are made. Is in Congress. So yep. this, you know, I would advise people to Google the U.S. Citizenship Act of 2021. It's an outline. I'm sure there's going to be some tweaking done. But people really need to be aware of what this, the damage that this administration is doing preparing
1: to do. Yeah, I was was working in the Reagan administration in in 86 when we did the amnesty, the first amnesty, and uh, supposedly it was the last and only amnesty that was going to happen, Um, but uh, as we saw, there was never any real enforcement at the border, illegal immigration continued, and now you know we're at uh you know they conservatively say 11 million i think it's closer to 20 if not higher than that now yeah. now the situation um uh, we had um the uh we had the sheriff from Pinal County uh Arizona on the show last week uh Mark, Mark Lamb yeah Mark Lamb and uh he was talking about the uptick in the amount of uh uh, of uh, smuggling that is going on, not only not only the uh, you know the illegal aliens crossing, but the issue of uh, of cartels and criminal activity. Um, again, since your son was a police officer and uh, he was c- killed by a repeat offender, uh, a, a community like Mesa, like um, the Greater Phoenix area, uh, do you think there's going to be much more, they're, they're going to be a, impacted by these uh, illegal alien criminals?
3: Absolutely. And it's not only going to be here in Arizona, Georgia, as we all know, you know, every state in the, in our country is a border state now, with the way that these people travel so freely, get on the buses and travel so freely and, you know, get to their relatives all on the East Coast, in the Midwest. The Midwest is a favorite place of theirs because that's where a lot of the agricultural jobs are and and working in meat plants and stuff. So um, Oregon and Washington State are a very big draw to illegals. There's a lot of crime that happens up there. We know that there is a rape epidemic going on in North Carolina against our children by uh, illegals. People can go to the website ncfire.info and see up-to-date statistics. It's absolutely disgusting. So they don't have the same culture that we do. And I'm not just talking from Central America. I'm talking from every country in this world where they're coming from. They're they're different cultures. And so it's not assimilating to our laws and our cultures and stuff is not what they're coming here for. They're coming here for work and coming here for jobs. And in 2020, during the pandemic, um, El Salvador, Honduras, Guatemala, and Mexico um, got 420 million, or I guess they're slated for $427 million of foreign aid in 2021. But in 2020 during the pandemic, $61 billion was sent in remittances just to those four countries of people living here and sending working and sending money to them. 508 billion dollars total in 2021 out of our economy to other countries in remittances. Wow. And so the more people you bring in, you know, this citizen so
1: And then on top of that yeah. and then on top of that we've got the uh we've got the foreign aid that we send all these countries too. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean, we've got 427 million to the four countries I mentioned in 2021 slated. So, you know, and it's in the billions in remittances that go to them. And, and in the Citizenship Act, they talk about they have to have been present in the United States by January 1st, 2020, 2021. Excuse me. So, you know. I I am a person that believes that if somebody has been here illegally for 10, 15, 20 years, they've lived a good life. They haven't committed crimes. They've raised a family. You know, some of them have family, children who've gone into the military. I think those are the people that we need to be concentrating on figuring out immigration reform for. Those are the people, not the illegal criminals. And and by saying January 1st, 2021, that means that, you know, Whoever came over, some criminal or somebody who snuck over the border in the middle of the night on December twenty first, twenty twenty, and is here and turned himself over to border patrol, and has not proven himself worthy, you know, of being a citizen, they will be included in that act.
1: Right, exactly. Uh, let let uh, we need to we need to close out sadly, but uh, we really, really, you know, I I want to get you back on the show again sometime soon. Um, because this is going to be an unfolding th- story with this um, oh with this Im- immigration act that uh, Biden is proposing. Um, yes. You know, uh, people need to understand the impact that it's going to have not only not only economically, but uh, but uh, the the issue of of, of of public safety, the issue of uh, health, uh, all sorts of things.
3: The sovereignty of our country and our economy. Because these people, in the middle of a pandemic, we have an administration who wants to bring foreigners in to take our, our jobs that Americans need so bad.
1: Oh. Well, Marianne, thank you very much for taking time to be with us today. And uh, please stay safe. And let's get you back on the show again.
3: Thank you, George. I appreciate you.
1: And once again, my friends, with George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. dot news howdy 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 once again my friends george rodriguez el conservador talking to you on klup 9:30 a.m radio the answer and uh... we've got a uh, good buddy of ours uh, who's been on the show before uh... sheriff a.j. lauderback from uh... jack <coughs> excuse me from jackson county uh... texas And uh, Sheriff Lauterbach has been one of the most outspoken uh, folks, uh, one of the great voices for uh, uh, citizen protection against uh, illegal immigration crime. Uh, And uh, he's been on several talk shows lately, so I wanted to get him on uh, because we continue to see uh, the changes that the Biden administration is effecting. On immigration uh, policy and, and border and, and border security, more specifically, um, uh, recently the release of some uh, criminal aliens. Uh, we've had um, the uh, return to catch and release, and all, I mean several other things that have been going on. Sheriff Lauterbach, thank you very, very much for taking time to be with us. Uh, what do you think of all of the? I mean, how? Uh, what is your thought? Uh, on these, uh, changes that the Biden administration is affecting.
4: Well, George, uh, first, thank you for, for, uh, asking me to be on your show, uh, on another time and, and try to inform Texans and people in the United States that, uh, on actually what's going on, uh, the realities of the Biden administration's policies and, and what that means here to Texas and, and Americans. This all started, uh, of course, on the fourth day of office. When the the executive order started coming down, altering the policies for CBP and ICE, so it's it's really important for the for the readership to understand. It's a fairly complex issue on how uh, how a a sitting president can affect policies or laws in the Immigration Naturalization Act, called the INA. how these policies can, can uh, limit or gut or alter uh, the federal law and how it's applied here. So I think first and foremost uh, from the folks, as, as soon as Biden took office on January 20th, then uh, people started coming across the border. Well, it was very quickly thereafter that, um, David Pekoski, the uh, acting director of the Department of Homeland Security, uh, filed a memo, a memorandum uh, on policy changes enacted by the Biden administration. So that document can be found easy to find as a DHS memo. Uh, that they came out January 20th so. This started what we have already been through before in this country from 2008 to 2016, when the same type of democratic policies uh, from a democratic, um, you know, president uh, have have been done. So it's very, very similar. Uh, It it is more extensive than the Priority Enforcement Act that President Obama signed at the time as an executive order, and as a. a gutting of the INA at that time. So this is more extensive. Of course, it's quite early in the administration. So it's it's um, I guess it's, it's paramount that even today in the Rio Grande Valley sector we have over a thousand a day that are coming in. That's the reality as of this morning. So we uh, we have unaccompanied miners coming in. We have people flooding across the border into Texas. The migrant protection protocols, uh, of course, I believe, are a section uh, in somewhere section two thirty five, I believe. Don't quote me on that in the INA. And those protocols are still in place, but but the executive orders and the memorandum that was filed have essentially nullified, um, you know, the law that we have in place. So, and, and I, and I guess the most ironic thing is, is Americans are. Um, Told they can't travel without COVID testing or coronavirus testing, then uh, as as the illegals walk across our border, uh, they are not tested either. There are no facilities down <laughs>
1: where, where it's very ironic. But, <laughs>
4: so, so, you know, the violation, and this is a Title 42 violation, uh, George, is what this is, of the CDC guidelines that are in. you do with with in in, in. testing. Um, There's no testing going on. They don't have the equipment. Uh, There's nothing in place there. The administration evidently um, just completely ignored or forgot that uh, the pandemic was uh, affecting 26 countries is actually in place on our Texas border. So, um, you know, the the hypocrisy of that, however you want to term it, um, you know, I mean, just, just think about that for a second on what that means for our national. it's a minimum of and it's going to be over 25,000
1: You know, another thing that has apparently popped up now, it not, it, it, the encouragement is coming from the um, Biden administration. But uh, <clears throat> I have been reading where, where some recently elected sheriffs uh, who uh, happen to be Democrat as well uh, are now uh, avoiding cooperating with, uh, with uh, ICE, with uh, the Immigration and Customs Enforcement folks um do you, what uh, what impact could that have on on uh, on communities i mean we've seen it happen before like in large counties like in los angeles county um but now in in uh, in other counties like in georgia and in north carolina you're seeing the the, the same thing happen
4: Well, political posturing um, versus being a professional law enforcement officer here representing your people and your constituents in your county would be the way I would first define that. And, and yes, I'm aware that there are elected officials, sheriffs, and other uh, police chiefs here throughout the United States uh, who will not cooperate with with the law enforcement agency known as ICE or CBP. So, remember, ICE is part of Immigration Customs Enforcement. That is for interior uh, on the issue that we have here. Um, And I liken this, uh, this, this whole issue... Uh, on the border right now that's going on um, this is just a whole new generation of immigration absconders the, the asylum program has been terrible um, the last two years it's been great prior to that under the Obama administration it, it appears that everything is in place and under this administration um, just to bring them in um, wholesale um, and uh, to disappear in the public I'm, I'm not hearing any accountability on, on how we're going to
1: amazing that that they would that they would uh, you know even even consider such uh, such craziness the other thing that uh, and we've only got a a minute here or or so to go uh, the other thing that that uh, uh, apparently has happened is that um, the um, the border patrol and the ICE folks are being told to um, to back down and to uh, lessen their impact on communities their words lessen their impact on communities uh, again, uh, I'm not sure how, uh, you know, uh, how people uh, will be safer if they do that.
4: Well, the, obviously, George, they are not going to be, we're not, the, the people are being caused today are being brought by the cartels, uh, with cartel involvement. This has always been the case. We do have a small percentage that come independently of the cartel.
1: Very, very true. Sheriff, thank you very, very much for taking time to be with us, and and uh, we hope that uh, you will stay safe. Uh, we hope that you will be safe, and uh, along with your deputies. Uh, we've been talking with uh, Sheriff A.J. Hey, Lauderback. George, appreciate everything you do. You got it, buddy. We've been talking with Sheriff A.J. Lauderback from uh, Jackson County, Texas. Stay safe, Sheriff. Take care. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio the answer.